to get into on this show, man. I just want to say that this Halloween, past Halloween, happy Mm -hmm. belated Halloween to you guys, Mm -hmm. was a toxic Halloween, baby. Oh, yeah. Can we talk about it? Can we talk about it? Well, let's talk about it, because... To be completely honest with you, uh, I'm kind of happy to see Toxic Attraction uh, walk out of there with all the gold. Because they're my favorite act in NXT 2.0. This, uh, of course, uh, Halloween Havoc was this past week. And um, JC Jane and Gigi Dolan won the NXT Tag Team titles in a ladder match, which was crazy. It was dope. It was dope. You guys, if you didn't see this, man, go back and watch it because they was pulling some stuff out, dog. And honestly, like, at first I was like, this is going to be lackluster. They got a bunch of rookies in this mug. I felt like EO was going to have all these top moments and all that stuff, and they was going to really, like, push her and Zoe to the moon. Mm Mm-hmm. But yeah, EO did have a top moment. Yeah, but it wasn't sure. it wasn't her <laughs> offense. <laughs> yeah, people were talking about the crazy ladder bump that happened. So she's at the top, she's got her hands on the belt. JC kicks the kicks the ladder. Uh, Indy br- Indy knocked it over on her. Oh well Indy kicked it and pushed that mug over and she flew over the top into the ladder bridge that was there. Yeah. And you could tell Indy was uh, actually pretty concerned about Eos Ryo. She stopped for a couple seconds, you know, she's looking down at her with this worried look on her face like, is she all right? <coughs> yeah. Somebody just go check her. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it, it was dope, man. It was dope. But, yeah, JC and Gigi pulled it out. I Honestly, I mean, I, I can't say I wasn't expecting it, but... I wasn't expecting it. I wasn't expecting it. I'm happy to see it, but I was not expecting it. You know, I, I, I like this group, as I said. I think they gel well together. I think Mandy's uh, in a position where she could uh, head a stable, as they say. And that's the thing. Like I wasn't really looking at Mandy as a leader, but when you put that many rookies on a roster, she ends up being a veteran in that locker room. Yeah. Because she's been there for so long. And, geez, I mean, she she's playing it up. She's doing it pretty good. You know what I mean? And which leads us into the second match, which was uh, Raquel Gonzalez against Mandy Rose for the NXT Women's title. And, I mean, what I, I finally see Mandy as, like, a person... Cause, I already saw her as somebody who they should have, you know, put the put the push on mm-hmm. 
way back when her and Mandy first broke up, you know, Mandy mm-hmm. cut her hair and all of that stuff. And I was like, give her that bicycle knee as a finisher and let's let's go. I think it's mm-hmm. about time. This was about two years ago or so. Yeah, about two. And they kind of just, she kind of faded into obscurity after getting behind Otis and then her switching brands. And then they put her in a tag team with Dana Brooke. And, you know, it was just kind of, you know, her fading into the spotlight when she came back in NXT. I kind of didn't trip off of her that much because I was tripping off of Frankie Monet. And, but I keep forgetting, you know, in WWE, if you don't have a certain status on the indies, you got to pretty much start from the bottom. Ty had that status, though. Like, she was doing it big out there, Art. AAA and Lucha Underground and Impact. You know, yeah. She- you was doing her thing. I felt like she was, but, you know, as far as the women when it comes to WWE, it's pretty much starting <laughs> over anyway. Yeah, I feel you. They it. did it with Tessa Blanchard. They did it with Mako Satamora, and God knows she's a legend. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it's just one of those things that happen. I was and, not expecting Mandy to take this W only because they were doing such a good job of uh, really pushing Raquel Gonzalez, and it seems like she was going to sit on top for a while, and it hasn't been that long. And me and you both felt like if the next person that was going to take it off of her was going to be Frankie Monet. Yeah, yeah. Once she got built, you know, that gave them time enough to build Raquel into this unstoppable monster and have Mm -hmm. Frankie Monet come in and... You know, take it, take the win, and then toxic attraction comes out of nowhere. Yeah, I mean, I'm happy to see it, but I was just uh, surprised a little bit. You no, know? I, I was, I was pleasantly surprised, yeah. but let's not act like she did it alone. Yeah, well, that that leads to the next part of it. Okay, so uh, when she, when we're can't, when the wheel got spun, it ended up being Chucky's choice, and he gave them a trick or street fight. Mm-hmm. And uh, which means no DQ, no count out. And what I wanna, what I wanna point out was the great point that was made on commentary was when uh, is his name Joseph Vic or Vic Joseph? Vic Joseph. Okay, uh, when he said, "Doesn't this go to the advantage of Raquel being a street fight?" And then Wade Barrett goes, "Are you crazy?" No count out, no DQ always goes against the champion because you can't retain your title on a count out or a DQ. Yeah, that's true. You lose a championship advantage. And when he said that, that's when it popped in my head. Oh, they're going to give it to her. They're going to give it to her. And then this hooded figure comes out of nowhere and hits Raquel in the back with a shovel. And then she hits the running knee. Boom. It's over. I like to call it the kiss from a rose. <laughs> I said call it that eventually. Don't come on, WWE. <laughs> Don't do it to me. Let me have this one to myself. <laughs> Just one. Uh, but yeah, and then the the hooded figure I'm masking is Dakota Kai. Back with pink hair, bright as ever. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, uh, we'd heard about the dark matches Dakota was having on the main roster. I was kind of surprised not to see her get drafted anywhere, to be honest with you. 
To be completely, completely honest, I'd rather see her get drafted somewhere than to see her go back and uh, keep feuding with Raquel. I feel like this story kind of ran its course. I feel like, I don't feel like it's ran its course. I feel like they're making it do what it do, but I feel like this is only going to benefit Raquel. No feud Dakota has been in has benefited her except when Raquel was by her side. Which sucks. You know, when is it going to be her turn? You know, when's she going to get her? I mean, we've been calling for it for years now and you might as well just lay it to the wayside unless they come with a mid-card title. Yeah, I guess. (laughs) Okay, and then after all that shocking events because the first half was just, oh, my God, with toxic attraction. Well, it still got more shocking. I mean, let's not act like anybody saw the tag titles uh, coming. And then MSK and Imperium had a tag title match, which I just felt like MSK was walking away with the W. And it it felt like finally the crowd was where it was supposed to be. With them finally being behind MSK, they weren't booing them all the time. And, Mm -hmm. like, it finally felt fair Mm -hmm. without the rumors we've been hearing about what's been going on with MSK in the audience. Right. And, shockingly, again, Imperium beats them. I don't know. And this is their first loss Ever, I think. I don't know how to feel about this. I, I'm not a very big fan of this. Reason being is, you know, Imperium kind of comes out of nowhere. Uh, they haven't been around for a while. And no, they... it's not like they're built, really built without Walter. You know, that, I think that's the biggest thing. You know, Imperium was Walter's group. You know, and I'm not really used to seeing... Uh, Imperium by themselves yeah, you with know, just Eichner and Bartell. Yeah. Yeah, they had a run uh, a little while ago. They were tag champs. And it was just like I said, you know, it takes me a little Man, while I was to get used feeling to this match, though. This was the hardest match of the night for me. Yeah. Man, I was feeling this. They was in a zone. It was hard hit. I'm talking about they were slapping each other like crazy. It was fast paced. It ended up being a, what do they call it? Lumberjack match. Yeah, lumberjack. But they didn't call it that since it was Halloween. It was like a lumberjack-o'-lantern match or something. Mm -hmm. And what surprised me about the actual, like, how the lumberjack match went was it seemed like nobody wanted to touch anybody when they fell out of the ring. (laughs) Yeah, that's weird to me that the Lumberjacks weren't doing their job and everything. Nobody touched them. They just fell on them all the time. Right. Like, they were there for these high spots like uh, the, uh, uh, Wesley hit this RKO from the top, this cutter from the top rope to the outside, mm-hmm. which none of them caught them. They did the dives and everybody fell. Nobody caught them. Like it was, it was so weird. They could have just left it as them as a tag team, and I would have been way more intrigued with that. But all these matches had to have to the Lumberjacks. They have to have stipulations and everything, except the championship. Yeah, except for the championship. So another shocker to me. So that was three out of three for title changes for the night. And coming into this, I thought for sure one hundred percent. 
that they were going to move it on to Braun Breaker. I didn't feel like a hundred percent they were they going to, but they built, yeah, back. they built him like he was unstoppable. Right. And Tommaso Ciampa tore him up, like I tore him up. Could not believe it. I could. I mean, I guess I shouldn't be too surprised, especially if Tommaso Ciampa's not going anywhere. I figured that he was going to drop and then maybe uh, go somewhere else. Yeah. I don't. He said he's not going to the main roster, no. but at this point, NXT 2.0 is not that far off from the main roster. Like he might be better off up there, to be honest with you. Seeing all, seeing what's happening, to all the NXT vets down there. Yeah, I mean, it's just crazy at this point. I mean, they need... And with all the title changes that happen, they all change back to what feels like the veterans of NXT. Except the the women's tag titles. Because Imperium's been there before. Mm -hmm. They're two-time NXT tag champs now. Mm -hmm. Tommaso Ciampa's been there before. You know, I mean, Mandy Rose is getting her first title run, but she feels like a veteran. Mm-hmm. So I feel like it might not have been working with all these new faces on these titles. I've only been saying this since forever. it started. Yeah, since it started. You know, you're so, trying to push too many new faces at once, man. You got to slow it down a little bit. I Give mean, us time to digest people. MSK won the tag team tournament and then won the titles like immediately. New face. Nobody in mm-hmm. WWE audience didn't know him. You know what I mean? They threw Zoe Stark and Io Shirai together for no reason. None whatsoever. Because they broke up all of the tag teams. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Raquel Gonzalez put the strap on her, and she was gone. And she hasn't been touched, like, barely. Right. You know what I mean? And then with the NXT title, once it was vacated, they didn't even know what to do. I feel like Tommaso is a good good guy to uh, run with. He gives the uh, the old feeling for the, the old school NXT so maybe, just maybe, people will talk. Maybe, just maybe, the old school fans will tolerate it just a little. Yeah, they're gonna like, have to tolerate it. I don't see them being very happy with this. With with the product, no, or I don't with think the, with the, the, with the, with the all the, the new faces being pushed. But the product, like they had a die-hard fan base niched out for NXT, and a lot of these new changes kind of alienate that die-hard fan base. You know, they're the ones that want to see the great matches. They want to see all the good, good wrestling. And this week, you know, this uh, the special was pretty good. But normally, at least what I've been seeing, the matches on NXT 2.0, they're not... They're not the caliber yeah, of the NXT the caliber that we're used to. That we're used to. You because know, they, with all the new faces, it left room for so many botches and mm-hmm. missteps and miscommunication and things like that. And with the NXT that they gave us for the past five years, they've brought in all veterans, basically. Yeah, yeah it feels like uh, <coughs> getting a main roster makeover, pretty much. I mean, but when you think about the people that they were bringing in, they were bringing in all these indie stars. I think that's what it is. You know, NXT is no longer going to be a playground for the indie wrestler. No, they're, yeah, now they're going to start using it, it as developmental now. Again. 
And because the developmental at first was the diehard fan base. It was where the women's division got taken off. It was where, Mm -hmm. you know, the Finn Balors and Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn's and all, uh, you know, the whole main roster basically was from that diehard core NXT. Even the the two champions, Big E and Roman Reigns. Right. And turning it in back into developmental is fine. You know, they do need a place to uh, groom. groom the future, but it's just not what we're used to. You know, it's going to take a lot of us some time to get used to these changes that they're I making. I think the whole thing was when, it, when in the beginning with NXT, the way it started was like a competition show. And right, then when it was. It, when it turned into the NXT that we loved... Mm-hmm. From, with the developmental being on TV from mm-hmm. S, from FCW to NXT when they mm-hmm. merged that or whatever, and we mm-hmm. started getting the characters and, the, and you know, they figured out who worked and who didn't and you could mm-hmm. change yourself and all that stuff. That's when we started getting, like, diehard and knowing who we like and, mm-hmm. you know, figuring it out. And then they started taking them away, bringing in the new stars, so we started getting used to the new stars. But when you take everybody at one time, and then just inject all new at one time. It's like starting from scratch. And then push most of the people that we're familiar with to the bottom of the barrel. Because that's what they did with Kyle O'Reilly. And, you know, they're doing that with Cameron Grimes pretty much. And L.A. Knights. And all these people that we are Johnny familiar Gargano with. and Dexter Loomis. Are getting the short shelf right now. Yeah, the ones who we've actually grown to love mm-hmm. are getting pushed to the back burner. And that's why it felt like this this makeover had to happen at Halloween Havoc. Because yeah. now we got at least a few veteran champions again. Yeah, and they know you. how to build storylines and things like that. Because let's not get it twisted. Imperium was killing it for a while. Yeah, I get that. I get that. Tommaso Ciampo, he knows what he's doing. You know what I'm saying? And with Braun Breaker, the way he was built, it did seem like you know, he was going to just come in and run over everybody. But let's not forget, he got DDT'd on the floor and busted open. Got kneed three times with the bare knee and caught two fairy tale lindens. Mm-hmm. So he's still built like a monster. Yeah, it took a lot to take him down. They protected him. He kicked, I, he's the first person I've seen kick out of the fairy tale lending besides Johnny Gargano. I mean, I'm sure it's happened before. I we can't just, remember. We just don't keep track of it. Yeah, I can't remember. So... I mean, he took a lot of damage to yeah. stay down. Yeah, they definitely protected him. And they definitely were saying it on commentary, like, look, he keeps getting up. He keeps getting up. But what I don't want to happen is the same thing that they did to Braun Strowman, and that is protect him, protect him, protect him, but never give, give him, him the, the W. Like, you can, only prote- you can only give him the protection for so long. It would take so long for him for, uh, for, uh, to put him down and everything before we're like, Okay, yeah, he's tough, but when's he going to win? You know? Yeah, I mean, it it happens to a lot of guys. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? They don't win the big one. And, you know, and, and it happens to a lot of people that we love that's been there for a while that they feel like is over the hill or something and they've still got a large fan base like a Jeff Hardy. Right. Who still has a large fan base and it seems like he can't catch a win to save his you life. And then he wins out of nowhere against like undefeated people. Kieran Cross. 
You can you can't tell these Hardy fans nothing, bro. They will argue to the death. And Jeff still got it. <laughs> you can't tell these Jeff Hardy fans nothing. Well, he does still got it. Yeah, I, I I get that, and I I don't think he's completely over the hill either myself. I'm just saying they just gotta give him the light. And yeah. let's see what happens. You got to see what happens. You got to let them mess up before you can push them down. Yeah. But uh, overall, I enjoyed Halloween Havoc. I feel I, like I needed this. I to, don't uh, know what happened with the tag match between Dexter Loomis and Johnny Gargano. I think that's like next week or something. Because I, I know that Trick and Carmelo was looking because Johnny Gargano mm-hmm. them still has his North American title. Right. But uh, we watched the shortened version. I think that's next week, if I'm not mistaken. I don't know. Well, we got we to gotta see what happens with that. Like Let's I not s- forget about that storyline that's going on. Like I said, uh, I feel like we needed this good show out of NXT 2.0 to kind of restore faith in them and their it's product. Give, it's, yeah, it's giving us a reason to still watch. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. All right, so on to Raw and... First and foremost, I would like to talk about Queen Zelina. Uh, <laughs> you just go. Uh, it's because it's. It, it I can't even nothing. put it into words right now. It means absolutely nothing at Queen's Crown. They're making it pretty seem much crappy. I really thought that this was going to be the start of something great, and it. The King of the Ring feels so much more important right now than what Selena Vega's doing with the Queen's Crown. I like what what Woods is doing with... Yeah, I'm loving King Woods and Sir Kofi. But we know that this has always been his dream. But with Selena Vega, it still feels really unimportant. And the fact that she won it, I'm sorry to say... Kind of makes it feel a little bit worse. Well, you shouldn't be sorry to say that if it's true. Like, she couldn't buy a win. I am sorry to say it because so it's not like Zelina Vega doesn't deserve a just do. That's but not it's what I'm not, saying. It's, it's the, it's the uh, slingshot build. It's like... She couldn't buy a win to save her life before this tournament. And now they've now they let her win it. And it still feels like someone who's basically been jobbing on the roster is is holding that crown right now. At least to me, anyway. Feels like, well, she's not a lower level talent. Like, she's talented. It's just someone that they haven't uh, really built is holding the crown right now. It seems like she's going to have to have an underhanded tactic in every single match she's in in thing. order to win it. She's never going to win be a match fair and square and be actually believed that she can beat someone like Shayna Baszler, Charlotte Flair, Sasha Banks, even as low as a Naomi. I mean, I'm just hoping that they do start this push for her and they do start making... I don't mean you know, her to, to uh, feel anyway. more important. Yeah, I hope push her so. up the crowd some, push her up the card but some. The win that she got over Dewdrop, it still felt like you would expect Dewdrop to mow over her, and the only reason she did it is because she got hit with the scepter. Well, it it was the way that they did it 
I mean, it's so it's so not believable. That's right what now. it is. It's not believable for her to basically uh, uh, contend, even have even be able to compete because she's literally been jobbed out like no offense in the past few months. Losing handicap matches. Things like that. So I want to feel like Selena Vega should be able Selena Vega should be able to do something better. But it just doesn't feel believable that she can do something better. I know what it's gonna take. It's gonna take a straight up dominant win over an important name. I don't see that happening for her right now. Like a straight up dominant win. Like come in straight up mad, have an answer for every move they pull off, and get a straight up victory. I wish I could say that I saw that happening, but not the way that they're doing it. But that's what it's going to take. I'm just saying what it's going to take. Yeah, I feel you. But, I mean, they got her like... They got the ref looking dumb for Selena mm-hmm. Vega to for Selena Vega to get get a win. And I, I feel like I need to make this point, you know, completely crystal clear. I don't doubt her ability; it's her perception right now to uh, to the fans that is uh, really starting to get my goat, as they say, because people still look at her and they see someone that is a jobber can't win matches, pretty much. And when she does win matches, it still feels like, oh, here we go. Now she has to sneak that one away. Yeah. Like, next week, whenever she gets someone else, she's going to lose. It feels like she's going to lose every week. Pretty much. And, yeah, I don't want people to get it twisted like we're calling her untalented or something. It's the way she's been booked. That's not her fault at all. Right. Because she was really talented everywhere else she's been. She's a great manager. <laughs> I feel like that they made the mistake because they just shoved her into the wrestling role and they didn't basically do anything to uh to make her believable as a wrestler before this. Right. Like this she- is the first time that she's actually uh have actually done anything to uh help us see her as a wrestler and it just and see the Doesn't thing is like, like in NXT me, anyway. they were really planting the seeds too. Like she used to get involved in Andrade's mm-hmm. matches and things like that. And once they could have started putting her in matches down there, it would have been believable that she would have right. been a contender like Alexa Bliss. Because her being small is not the problem, right? Because Bliss is small, right? And we still see her as a contender, right? So and another thing that, that kind of gets me about her and. It's the British accent for me, man. <laughs> I, I kind of like that. I'm I not going to lie. The, it's her waving in and out of it. I don't have a problem with the British accent because, uh, you know, a lot of people won the King of the Ring. They do that. You know, yeah. they become more regal and everything. It's The the going in and out of it is, is an issue for me. You know? It's like, commit to yeah, it. Yeah, because Wood's committed to it. Right. He's not even using like an accent. He's just using medieval slang. Yeah, and that's what I love about Xavier Woods' run right now as King of the Ring. It still feels like Xavier Woods. He didn't change much. He's just 
King Woods now. Yeah, no, he, he doesn't change anything about his uh really change anything about his character. So about positivity and having fun and whatnot. And he's and knighting people. I love and, this. And talking about SmackDown, his king. Welcome to his kingdom. Him and Hit Row had the best interaction. <laughs> that was, you know, I marked out for that Man, one. That was great. But yeah, oh, continue on Raw though, because we gotta talk about uh Charlotte and Sasha and Sh- well, that's SmackDown. That's SmackDown. I'm, I mean Becky and Bianca. Yeah. And you know. <sighs> oh, it's another loss. Uh, it's another loss for Bianca Belair this week on Raw. As usual, I I, I thought it was way too early to do this all over again. Right, moving from SmackDown. There's a stat going around that since she lost the title in 26 seconds, she's 0 and 5 in championship matches. You know, she's being put in all these championship matches. She just. That's because she's a great performer. Right, I get that. And they need her right now. She seems like the only threat to the title. But the reason why is because everybody always complains about nobody else getting the spotlight. Right now, Bianca's been in the spotlight for a year. But eventually, this will take a toll on her believability if she keeps getting championship matches and continues to lose them. You know, eventually people are going to start to to say that, you know, maybe she can't win it back. You know, and that's the booking. That's what, that's what it is. It's not her. It's not her talent. It's the booking. And they I mean, keep doing it. 0-5 in title matches since losing in 26 seconds is pretty crazy to me. All against, no, uh, one against Charlotte, the Becky, rest against... Lost to Becky, lost to Charlotte. Uh, the triple threat. And the triple threat, yeah. Man, they are basically all Becky and Charlotte, but still. I mean, yeah, they, they did uh, try to protect her with the, with, the, with the Raw Women's title match with Charlotte Flair. You know, Charlotte got DQ'd and everything. I get that. Just Charlotte wanted to lose it to her then. Eventually, they'll start to chip away at her credibility. If it, they if are already down, chipping away if it. Goal, it keeps going down like and this. The reason people are still behind is because WWE has a thing where they feel like, well, the fans love you. Yeah, they're not gonna, they're not gonna stop loving you. We've already built you up so much. Let's see if we can tear you down just a little. Because that's basically what's happening. Because I feel like that's what they did to Drew McIntyre. I, I think that Drew did everything he could do on Raw, so he was just basically helping out a little bit before he went to SmackDown. I, I felt I, like if anybody I deserved to have those moments in front of the fan, it was the pandemic rescuers. I mean, he got his he got his little moments, didn't he? No. He lost in front of the first fans we had. Well, he's going to get it. Mania. I got Drew McIntyre to eventually... Unseat Roman Reigns, so I gotta think that he's gonna get it. He's gonna get that moment back. I don't see that happening. I got like Roman. Down the I got line, Roman so. beating the record for the modern day uh, longest title reign. I mean, I didn't mean like right now. Like nobody could touch Roman Reigns right now. Like I, I think if The Rock came back and challenged him at WrestleMania this year, he'd lose. I got Roman. Uh, Roman's gonna hold the title for quite a while longer. Money on the house saying Roman uh, beats the longest time. What was it, two years by Cena? 
Roman's already a year plus in. Yeah. I think it's like two years or so by John Cena. It's not Brock Lesnar because Brock was at like 530-something and Roman's Roman's at almost 500 days an hour. He's a, he was the longest Universal Champion though. Oh, I got I got Roman beating the longest title beat, reign. Yeah, Roman will win for the universe, for the longest Universal title reign, no question. Cause he gonna pass CM Punk, no problem. Four hundred thirty four. He been past that. Yeah, he's he's, he's almost five hundred. Yeah, I'm saying he been past that. Yeah. If Brock at five something, he finna pass that soon. Yeah. Cause. Next to Survivor Series, like he's not even defending the title at Survivor Series, he's gonna have the WWE Champion, which is something I feel like we should oh all circle God, back here to. We go. Because, <laughs> uh, the, on the season premiere of Raw, which was actually pretty good, I I liked that episode. I really did like it. Uh, Seth Rollins wins a ladder match with Kevin Owens, Finn Balor, and Rey Mysterio to become the number one contender to. Uh, Big E in the WWE title. And if that match happens before Survivor Series, I mean, this happened for the last four years now. They have a habit of taking the title off of somebody right before Survivor Series and having a new person face uh, the other champion. You know, they did it with Jinder Mahal and AJ Styles. They did it with AJ Styles and Daniel Bryan. You know. They did it with... Didn't they do it last year with Drew and Randy? Uh, yeah, I think they did. Yeah, yeah Randy Drew. won it at Hell in a Cell, and Drew gets it back right, like directly before yeah. Survivor Series. Drew and Randy. Okay, <laughs> yeah, they do it every single year, and that's oh man. Unfortunately, I got uh, I can kind of see this coming. And we know that Roman and Seth Rollins has. And to be honest, I kind of prefer that match because they have a oh, backstory. Man, I want to see Roman and Drew and Big E. I had Big E to take the Universal title off of him if they would have pushed him on SmackDown. I want to see this. What it's they, so difficult but because I want to see him and Roman too. They have a way of going with what's proven with these championship Survivor Series matches. And unfortunately, Rollins is the proven champion. And... Can we talk about Big E's title reign for a second? Uh, because how long has he had it? Like a little shy of two months, maybe? Maybe, yeah. And he's he working. He won it on the Raw after. He had it at Hell in the Cell. Yeah, he just wanted it at Hell in the Cell, I think. So maybe, yeah, maybe almost two a month. Weeks before Hell in the Cell. But basically, my point being here is. He's on his third feud for the WWE title. That's kind of what I was referring to when I was talking about Kofi. I think I, I coined this uh, revolving door booking. You know, it's like as soon as there's one person, up comes the next one, and then up comes the next one, and then up comes the next one. Because at, on Raw, four people came out back to back. Asking for a title shot. No, I mean, I'm just talking about the feuds. He had Bobby yeah. Lashley, he had Drew McIntyre, and now he's got Seth Rollins. I feel like they should kind of slow it down a little bit. You and know, let maybe one give Big E and Rollins time to work. You know, make this into a good feud, a good long feud is what I was looking but for. But Survivor Series coming up, so you know what's going to happen. We'll have it afterwards. <laughs> 
I have would Rollins, hope have Rollins challenge him after Survivor Series because that would be good for Rollins to just hold on to that contract and say I get to challenge when I want to and I want to challenge him after he faces Roman Reigns. Yeah, I feel that. I feel that. But if this feud goes right, I definitely can feel. I definitely can see this going well for Big E. Like Rollins is pretty hot right now. He's coming off this great feud with Edge. Yeah, and. He does well with the longer feuds uh, over the last couple of years. You know, he had the great one with, with uh, Ray last year. Yeah, and he had a great one, one with, with Edge Owens. this year and Kevin Owens. Yeah, that was like, good. Rollins is one of them guys who can make a feud draw out three, four matches sometimes. Yeah, I'd like to see that. Because I said that I didn't want to see Edge and Rollins go at it again. And they tore the house down they in that hell in the cell. Tore the house down. So, I mean, but like you said, that, what'd you call it? Revolving, Revolving door booking. booking. You know, I'm next. Then after him, it's me. I'm next, yeah. I got next. next. Yeah, I mean, it, it can be a bad thing. Just because you beat a bunch of people, it doesn't make you hot at the time. Just because yeah. you're beating these people, it all depends on how... And how many, you know, how many times you beat them, what type of, you know, because if you just have one match mm. for a title, you beat them, and you have another match for a title, you beat them, and mm. then you fight somebody in a ladder match. I can kind of get a little boring to me, you know, it's just my opinion anyway, but yeah, the, the shorter feuds can get a little boring to me. Because him and Drew were in tag matches together. And I didn't see the point of this feud with Drew McIntyre anyway if Drew's moving to SmackDown. Like, they weren't going to let him take the WWE title with him. See, my whole thing is, most times with Feud, they go back and forth with each other. They mm-hmm. end up either arguing or, yeah. you know, they attack each other backstage or mm-hmm. something. Something. Mm-hmm. Big E's Feuds have been, like, strictly promo match. Promo match. Promo match. Right. And then he's been in tag teams with these guys and things like that. Like, with Bobby Lashley... That was the one that made sense. Yeah, I liked the feud with Bobby. Drew McIntyre's feud didn't make sense at all. Now it's time for him to have one a feud that's going to be proven where people can go, yeah, remember that feud Rollins that he had with Rollins? is the man to do that right now for him. Yeah, Rollins is the feud master, so to speak. And he does, like, it's already started Yeah, with them in each other's faces. Yeah. So... Let's get it cracking. So, how do you feel about the women's tag team division right now? Well, I feel the way I felt for quite a while, pretty much since the go-to role models dropped them. I'm not a fan, to be honest with you. Because Nikki Ash and Rhea, Rhea Ripley. Ripley. Yeah, not a very big fan of this this uh, union, as they say. You know, I don't think that uh, they work very well together. I'll we'll just... It's, it's Two just, people it's a, thrown together yeah, to have something to, be to do. Like an odd couple, and Rhea's supposed to be like, you know, top. So I'm guessing Rhea's going to be the one to turn heel. Because Rhea's all I guess so. tolerating her for uh, now. And I don't really annoying, like this. But it's cute. And the thing of it is, is they don't they even don't have really any have any. That's the that's the big thing. They don't have any. They don't have a women's tag team division to have women's tag team champions. You know, I think the dumbbells should be discontinued. To be completely honest with you, you know, at least 
on the main roster anyway. They don't have the women's tag team division to have women's tag team champions. Because I'm still sitting here trying to think about who they fought on Raw. I know they had a match. Uh, I I think it was uh, Carmella and Zelita Vega on Raw, and they beat them. They they won. Carmella and them won. Carmella and Zelita Vega. Yeah, beat the tag champs because Selena Vega all of a sudden has the queen crown. And now she's winning matches. She's not going to lose another one, huh? I, I mean, <laughs> I understand that they, they, they want to give her the wins and everything. And, you know, that's great. I feel like that, uh, that'd be a good thing to kind of build her up. But not in tag team matches with, no, the, with, all the, it's with Carmella and against the tag me, champs. To me, all it's saying is, okay, whoever wins the queen's crown is going to win a few matches for a little while. I hope that's not the case. That's all it feels like. It feels like whoever wins the Queen's crown gets the privilege of being pushed slightly. Not like a women's title push. Because God knows, can't have that. But If they built it correctly, I could see that. Like how? They have to make Zelina Vega more believable as a women's wrestler. Oh, like I said, she needs a dominant win. She needs a dominant, like, straight up win. Over somebody with a name. With a little bit of credibility. Because I don't even think having her beat Shayna Baszler would mean anything now since Shayna was in the Queens tournament and lost to Dewdrop. I mean, Shayna's been been getting uh, repackaged on SmackDown, I I think. You know, she's been running around with uh, Sonya Deville and she's been picking up W's against Naomi and everything. I but think that they're they're working on the rebuilding her up. Here's the problem. Let's move to SmackDown anyway, because okay. I don't want to talk about Raw anymore. Uh, here's the problem with that. Shayna Baszler has won all her matches underhandedly, like she can't win them on her own. Since moving to SmackDown, I guess, but she did. She was pretty dominant in in, in tournament in a few matches before that. Before. You know, Dewdrop took her out. You know, she was putting people on the shelf. Yeah, not just that. I'm saying, against Naomi, she hasn't won regular yet since she's been, you know, being Sonya Deville's puppet. I think that, uh... I don't like this. I think that, uh, this is more about Sonya Deville and And Naomi Naomi, than it is about Shayna Baszler and Naomi. Shayna's just playing the role of the heavy right now. You know... Is she going to get a reward for it? I would hope so. I think eventually it'll end. Because I'm sick sick of these talented women running around doing nothing. I mean, she is. (coughs) This is something to do. A lot of talented women sit on the sidelines with nothing to do. You know, this is something for her to do right now. Okay, I mean, I understand that, and great point because she could be in catering. Yeah, you know, she could be losing. Uh, she could be jobbing out matches. Yeah, you could be Dana Brooke, <laughs> and people are really mad at Corey Graves again. What do you say? I, I missed it. What do you What do you say? Well, he basically buried Dana Brooke on commentary. I mean, I saw something that said he, he that he shot her a text afterwards, you know, no hard feelings, I'm just doing my job here. And I think this is what people should uh, remember. He's supposed to be like that. 
You know, it is he is a heel color commentator. It is his Supposed job to, to make people, you know, upset with uh the comments he makes towards the fan favorites and everything. Yeah, he's supposed to be a heel commentator, but do you feel like commentary can bury a person to where they're not believable too? I mean, he's not in there, you know, you know, it's not like he's backstage, you know, calling the shots or something, you know, but telling I'm saying, them to lose. But commentary can give you a perception on how, you know, I mean, Jerry Lawler did it for a long time. Yeah, that's true. I just think that we all need to take his comments more of a grain of salt. You know, he is just doing his job. You know, he's supposed to, you know, kind of uh, rile up the fan, the fan favorites, and everything. Threw me off is on SmackDown, it doesn't feel like they have a heel commentator. That's what I'm saying. Uh, I think I really noticed that when Pat McAfee was going on and on about how much he does not like Happy Corbin. And Right, sorry about that. Go ahead about Happy Corbin and but yeah. Pat McAfee. Yeah, Pat McAfee go on and on about how much he dislikes Happy Corbin and Riddick Moss and everything. And I thought the Pat McAfee was supposed to kind of be for the bad guys. Now, what killed me was when he was going on and on about how terrible Sonya Deville was for what she was doing. And how Adam Pierce is a doofus and, you know, he kind of deserved what happened to him with Brock Lesnar, you know? Right, so he just switches back and forth to what he like, I guess. Yeah. He's just going with the feel of how he feels. I feel But, yeah, um, I kind of just run with whatever they're doing with Naomi because it's good to see her up and running again. Eventually it'll lead to a match. Well, it has to eventually lead to a match. What else would be the point of this? I don't know. Everybody's steady pushing for her to jump in the bloodline. I think that uh, they would have to this is what this will lead to. To find a way to fit her into the bloodline. Roman having problems with Pierce. Some, uh, Naomi having problems with DeVille. Yeah, I get that. I get that. You know, Take a wing that in. Yeah, you know, just find a way to uh, kind of fit her into the bloodline. Don't just put her there, you know, just so they could have another member to the bloodline. You know, it has to work, as they say. Right. They got to find a way to s- smooth it in there. You know what I'm saying? And I feel like this could be the storyline to do it if everybody's asking for it. Why not? Yeah. Why not? They keep saying that they listen to us, but they only listen to us on occasions. <laughs> I feel you. It's, it's like parents trying to feed you dinner. <laughs> like, you can have this, but you're going to eat this, too. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah. All right. So, uh, the tag team uh, title picture... I don't know if the New Day is going to jump in it because with King Woods and Sir Kofi, because, you know. I'm here for that. I'm here for that. Every time you get the Usos and the New Day on the same brand, I'm here for it every single and time. they have in it. They may have in it as they should have because this feud is just classic and I could watch it over and over and over again. It never gets old. Never. <laughs> never gets old. But yeah, uh, they had that. They main evented because uh, the Usos came out during the knighting of Kofi Kingston <laughs> when he was uh, being knighted, Sir Kofi, and uh, 
They end up having a match for the main event, and that mug was killer as usual. Yep. And it ended up with the New Day winning. So technically, they're aligned for a shot at the tag title. That's what I'm trying to figure: is are they, you know, jumping into the tag? Division I, I mean, what else would they really be doing right now? I mean, if they're if they're gonna run around together anyways, you know, it's not like Woods going his way, Kofi's going his way. Right. You know, if they're gonna be single superstars, I prefer if they did that. You know, but if they're gonna be you know, running around together anyways, they might as well keep him in the tag team division. I would actually love for Hit Row to back him up as the King's Court. <laughs> yeah, that'd be great. They sung a song for him this week. Yeah. And, hey, that interaction was pretty dope. I'd love to see the King's Court come back into play and let Woods go for a mid-card title. Let him get his first singles title run with this. I get you. At least the IC title. If I were a stable, it would be different. You know, because Hit Row could you know, run the tag team stuff. And, you know, Woods could go for the singles, mid-card title, etc., etc. You know, because Shinsuke needs a challenger right now. And that's what I'm saying, dog. That's what this King's Crown supposed to do. That's what this Queen's Crown supposed to do. It's supposed to give you a boost in what people perceive you as. It's not just supposed to be some type of title that you run around with. It's supposed to do something for your career. Right. King of the Ring always gave somebody a nice little push. Right. Uh, If William Regal didn't violate the wellness policy, he'd have been well on his way. You hear me? Yeah. I remember Regal. He was running around with Layla and he was Intercontinental Champion during his King of the Rings stuff. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. But everybody got a nice little push after. Mm-hmm. Booker, Sheamus, uh, Barrett. Mm-hmm. Like, everybody. Even King Corbin got his little push. He was mm-hmm. in title pictures and things like that. Yeah. All right, so let's just move on to the part of SmackDown. I know you're dying to talk about. I love it. I'm just going to wait for you to get your two cents in about the queen. I'm not going to give you the satisfaction. Because she is the greatest. And of course, the queen comes out and lets it be known, you know, that of course she's a SmackDown Women's Champion. And what's making me mad is they just keep taking away title reigns. It makes me mad, too. Like, why do they have to prolong our suffering? Why? You mean our glory? No, I mean our suffering. Why do we have to? No, I mean our suffering. Why do we have to? We all know she's going to break the record. Like, uh, why can't they just get it over with? Like, can they please just rip this Band-Aid off? Instead of continuing to take title reigns away from her, so we have to suffer through this BS for an extended period of time. It's been five years, and we're sick of it. Because every time they say 12 times, you got to hear me say, well, actually, she's a 16-time champion. Okay, 16. It's over. Congratulations. You tied the record. Let's take the title away. That's Give it one more time. That's why they title runs away from her. This is ridiculous. Because they ridiculous. want Ridiculous! 
Because <laughs> they definitely don't count the two NXT titles that she has. So that's supposed to be 14. They don't count the transition from the women's title. And they don't count the transition from the Divas title either. This is ridiculous. <laughs> I'm sick of this. That's 16 times. And they, and they have officially stripped four of them away just because they can. Just because they want us to continue to suffer. That's what they want. They want her to be able to be on top chasing this record for as long as they possibly can. I'm cool with it. I'm not. I'm sick of this. <laughs> I'm okay. And, and I'm just mad that they keep taking away. Uh, no, no, no. And, and this is the killer. This is what really gets me. <laughs> she had the audacity to say to Sasha Banks, let's get new people up in front. Yeah. Like, are you serious right now? Can those words even be formed out of your face, Charlotte Flair? Can't they? I don't think that they can. It's like you, you're not the person to to kind of advocate for. Let's give somebody else a try. I just have to I don't ask hear one it. question. I don't want to hear it. Arthur. Before you say that, one question: How many title matches has she actually lost where she wasn't the champion coming in? Quite a few, to be honest with you, Sasha. No, I'm talking about Charlotte Flair. Quite a few, to be honest with you. I'm, I'm. She does not get to. She does not get to take this stance, Art. She I'm doesn't. just asking. I'm questions. just telling you the answer. How she many title matches has she lost where she wasn't the champion going in? I don't know. I don't keep that, tabs on that, her. I'm asking. How many times has she lost the title match where she was the challenger? I don't know. I don't keep tabs on her. I can't remember her ever losing. Carmella beat her a few times. Yeah. When? When she was champion in 2018. She beat her I remember her beating Asuka. She beat Charlotte like once or twice. For the belt. Charlotte got a rematch and she lost that match. Don't try to just push it off to the side or something. I'm just asking. Because it happened. Uh, You say things. Because the reason I'm asking is because are you telling me that she doesn't deserve any more title shots? What I'm saying is she's not the person to advocate for let's get somebody else up here. I mean, she might want to challenge someone new. She does not get... To tell that to Sasha Banks. Who she's been facing for the last eight years. As she's sitting there on top with 16 different title reigns. Sasha's first four title reigns were because of Charlotte Well, guess what? It's It's been five years... And don't act like they've just been going at each other's throats the whole time. They they have not. I can do without. It's been five years, and I'm ready to see this happen again. Why do you want Sasha to lose to Charlotte again? Because it's not happening this time, Arthur. There's no stupid pay-per-view undefeated strength to protect. (laughs) It's always It's not happening this time. No, sir. I doubt it. I doubt it. You're I doubt it. About the, the only time, horsewoman the here. only reason it happened back in the day is because for some reason protecting her undefeated pay-per-view win streaks 
was more important than protecting Sasha Banks' title run. That's why she always dropped the back during pay-per-views, Art. That's why! <laughs> and I'm you, sick of it. You can be mad all you want. Well, but I'm going to be happy but, when Sasha Banks got her tapping out to the to the bank statement. That's what I'm going to be happy to see. It's not It's going to happen, happen Art. She, can't, she does not get to, to dodge the big challengers because she wants to play with people. Sasha's who got her even... own problems on her hands right now. Oh, whatever. She doesn't have time to go after the queen. Okay. Because she has okay, so after Survivor coming series. after her. Okay, so after Survivor Series. <laughs> She's got a howling green-haired, <laughs> taking care of business, ball pit runner well, coming after her. Sasha Banks is going to get past Shatsy's black card. She should have never got in the Shotzi's business. Well, she was she just had no business help. being out she there. She was just trying to help. See, Karen, that's what you get. She was just that's, trying to that help. That sounds just like a I was just trying to help. Oh, whatever. So basically what happened is <laughs> people have been talking about this all week long. And rightfully they know, should. I don't know if it's because they're happy to see Shotzi get this get this push and the spot on TV, which I'm happy to see, or they just love to see somebody take it to Sasha Banks, which I don't understand. But okay. <laughs> but anyway... Anyway, uh, the Sasha and Charlotte start to show off, and they're going back and forth. And then Charlotte says, uh, I'd like to face somebody new. And then here comes Shotzi Blackheart on her tank. And then she says, you know, I'm somebody new. Why, don't, why did you face me? And Charlotte said, let's go. Yeah, let's go. Let's go right now. And That's was, all I was asking for was someone new. I got it. Let's go. Well, she does not get to make that argument. But as I said, <laughs> it was a good match. And Sasha was out there to uh, provide moral support. No. And to, 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 to be all up in Charlotte's business. She was business. trying to help. She was just trying to help Shotzi. Be all up in Charlotte's You heard business. it all the time. Cheering her on. And so was Charlotte's on top. Here she comes, getting up on the apron. Well, she- Gotta get in Charlotte's face. Charlotte's like, didn't I tell you? Well, I don't give a damn what you told to me. I'm take trying your to hair and get out of here. Else. You take your rings. I was trying to help. She was trying to help somebody else. She wasn't you sure. You take your two four-fingered rings and get out of here. She wasn't sure Shotzi could hear her while they were on the floor. So she got on the apron. Charlotte moves out the way. Shotzi almost hit her. Charlotte's like, what's going on? I guess I'll take advantage. Bam! Hit her with the forearm. Natural selection. And Sasha's on the outside like, what have I done? Of course, because her going over new people is just such a great thing, Art. Hey, she's the queen. Oh, shut up. No one goes shut over up. the queen. You have to God, get... You're so annoying. Hey, it gotta be in triple threats and things. But anyway, man. you can't, you can't just. So, pinch, so uh, Shotzi uh, is pretty upset at Sasha Banks, and then she attacks her, and she's uh, throwing heels and everything, stomping her out, and she throws her into the taking care of business tank. Throws her into the steps. Throws her into the barricade. Throws her into the audience. Throws her into everything. Personally, I'm pretty excited to see this feud. Then she goes up top and hit her with the ball pit splash. Personally, I'm pretty excited to see this feud because Sasha Banks is somebody who can put people over 
and you know, re I feel like she's really gonna help uh, Shotzi really make a name for herself Man, on the main made a roster. Name for herself immediately by attacking Sasha Banks right. in the and way I, that she did. I think that this so feud Sasha is really gonna help. Sasha already did her part right then and there. Right, but I feel like this feud is really gonna help. Not, not to mention the fact that she had a great match with Charlotte. Yeah, and her and Sasha should be a good match too. Yeah, you know, this feud is gonna do a lot for Shotzi Blackheart, which I'm excited for. I'm a big fan of Shotzi Blackheart, and I'm excited to see that she's going to get a... She's hit the ground running on the main yeah, roster. It's a, it, back it was about time. I just got to... I want to see her promo skills as a heel, which, I mean, she seems like she'd be pretty good at it yeah, anyway. Yeah, she's one of them scary heels. You know what I mean? And she's going against the second-best wrestler on SmackDown. Yeah, well... She'd be going against the second best wrestler on SmackDown and she was challenging Charlotte Flair for the No, for the that Smackdown was when she title. went against the best and no. she already challenged for the no. title and Sasha Banks ruined that because that match was for the title. It was not for the title. Yes, it, it was. was. a non-title match. That right? was for the title. You're making stuff up. It was a non-title match. That Nobody was for said the title. anything about it being a title match. They said it right before no, they, they went they to break. Didn't. Yeah, they did. No, they didn't. They did not say go that. Back you're, and watch it. I'm going to go back and watch it because you're making things up. And the that's what Sassy was yelling at her. I finally got my opportunity. I got my opportunity to face the champion. No. At the championship. No, to face the champion. Okay. Yeah, go, that was not a title match. I'm going to look back and see. Because you're just making things up now. Trying to make her seem like she just that giving out a, opportunities like candy or something. That was a title match. I don't remember it being a title match. always gives out. She yeah. is the opportunity. Can we just, all right, I've, I've covered everything I want to cover. <laughs> Tell them where to reach you. <laughs> That's not your line. Well, I'm you saying it this say week. That. I say that. Well, I'm saying it this week. You tell them where to reach you. <laughs> <laughs> Matt Lindsay on Facebook. Matt Lindsay 677 on Instagram. Our now dog, you tell them. Our dog one on Instagram. Our dog three on Twitter. Hit me up at Arthur Quinn on Facebook. And you can hit us at the Sons of Legends 21 at gmail.com all day, every day. Thank you guys for listening to the Sons of Legends. And we'll holler at you guys next week. Peace. That's a fact.